Welcome to the podcast of Conversations with Friends, heard every week on KAOI Radio in Maui, Hawaii. Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Almwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Almwake. Good morning, Maui. I'm James Jacobson sitting in for Mary. Mary is on the mainland, but she'll be back this Sunday at church. And, uh, of course, the two of us will be here next Tuesday. We have a fantastic program today. It's two subjects that a lot of people are interested in and probably don't know as much about as they'd like to. It's a It's a course of interest of mine, and so that's why we decided to put these two together. In the first half hour, we're going to be talking about this whole concept of manifesting. How do you manifest? What's manifestation all about? What are the principles that make it possible? And we're going to talk to someone who's been doing it in his real life, in his regular life, as a part of his everyday existence, and has had some amazing things happen as a result of this process. And in our second half hour, we're going to be talking about Ho'oponopono, which is a, a fascinating Hawaiian concept. We're going to be speaking to a master of Ho'oponopono, Dr. Hugh Len, uh, who's actually going to be joining us from Philadelphia. He lives on the Big Island and is teaching a course. Uh, he teaches courses around the world on Ho'oponopono, um, and he calls it Freedom of the Cosmos. And what you hear in that second half hour will perhaps change your life forever. This is a man who I encourage you to stay tuned and listen to because Dr. Lin is amazing. I've heard a lot about him. I've not spoken with him directly, and this is going to be a a first for me, and I'm glad that you're going to be a part of it. But as I said, our first part of this program, we're going to talk about manifesting, and our guest for that is William Wong. William, welcome. Thank you. You got to come to the mic. How are you? Uh, he was like yeah, laid back. Good. It's very casual well, here. It's Hawaiian. It is, it is. So, but you're not from Hawaii. I'm not from Hawaii. Where Where do you live? I actually live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, and you're here on vacation. Uh, you can call it vacation. It's I not call really it, though. Is I it? call it work. Okay, it's work it's or work. plurk, which is really kind of this idea that I think we'll be uh, bringing forth, which is the idea of, of mixing play and work together. Well, it depends. What is work? What is work? Well, what is work for you? And what do you do when someone says, hey, they meet you, what do you do? I say I work I work in real estate. Okay. But I really, like I told you earlier, I said real estate's a front. A what front. I, a front. For? Yeah. For what? I'm, I'm a people person. Uh-huh. I used to say, and I still do this, I take what people see as impossible and actually turn it into reality. I also work with people in having the dreams that they have had turn into reality, especially the ones that they've given up on or have forgotten or don't have the courage to actually take on. And you do that under the rubric of real estate? Under the umbrella of real estate, yeah, because... It seems like everyone's interested in real estate for some strange reason. So, well, you're so you're. I understand you are quite a real estate uh, entrepreneur. You have skyscrapers in in the East Coast, uh, in the South, in Shre- the South, Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, uh, what is a skyscraper? How tall is a skyscraper in Shreveport? Well, this one's seventeen stories. Okay, I guess in Shreveport that is a skyscraper. And when it was built in, I think it was 1925, it was the largest, the tallest building in the state of Louisiana. So how did you get into real estate, and, and how long have you been doing it? Because I, I gather this is not something you've, you've not always been a successful real estate baron. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, What's your story? My story? <clears throat> Jeez, we only have a half an hour. <laughs> um, I kind of fell into real estate. You know, um, was it when back in, I think it was 2001, mm-hmm. when the Twin Towers went down? That mm-hmm. was also the same day that I became homeless. You were homeless. I was homeless. I okay. was I was working in at that time. You know the biggest thing around the dot coms. Okay, so and you were a victim of the dot com bubble burst. I hate the word victim. I like to say I was a. Some people say casualty, uh-huh. but you know I was thrown at the effect of the dot coms. Okay, so you've been working in what? Describe for people because I, I come from that background too, and a lot of people don't. Remember, because it's only been you know five six years since that happened. But describe what it was like back then in in dot com land. Um, everything and anything you 
could ever want you could have. You know, I mean, I'm going to speak about a subject uh, that I think is very touchy in the world, uh, which is money. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a you know, great base salary, $150,000 a year mm-hmm. base salary. I'd get my paycheck and say, like, huh, what am I going to do with this little thing? I want the company to keep it. Because my overrides on my salespeople were anywhere between twenty to thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it was like, you know, you want to talk about being on top of the world. I'd go out with friends, we'd have sushi, we'd do whatever, and I'll buy, I'll buy, mm-hmm. I'll buy, I'll take care of that. You know, any anybody needs anything, I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. I'll give you that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was what I would say at that time, what I was living for, which is, you know, I love to contribute to people, I love to make a difference with people. I see that that's, you know, at that time, that was how. I express my life, mm-hmm. you know, my reason, my purpose for being on this planet, you know, which kind of brings, you know, that same thing here now in Maui. You know, it started with real estate, and I came here originally for real estate. But once again, it's really not what I'm doing, you know. So you, in other words, something draws you in, and then the experience is rich enough for you to see other pieces to it? Yeah, I always... So what, so what was it in the case of both the, the dot-com, where you were throwing out the money for buying people dinners, and, and what is it here with real estate now? Well, here in real estate, I mean, it's, it's so funny. Um, my partner here, uh, Mark McMillan, he, you know, we started talking, we had never met. Mm-hmm. I came to Maui for the first time in July. Mm-hmm. And we just hit it off really good. And you know, I was out in real estate. He's in real estate. And I just said, hey, I do it for the thrills and for the people. Mm-hmm. And he said, what, you really want some thrills? I said, yeah. Because let me tell you about you know this other company I have called Environmental Technology Associates. Mm-hmm. I says, well, what's that? Because I don't, didn't view myself as an environmental guy. Right. He says, well, I have the patents for taking regular household waste. Mm-hmm. I said, you mean garbage? <laughs> yeah, and turning it into buildable materials, like plywood, like, you know, even this countertop that mm-hmm. we're, we're, we've got in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I said, holy smokes, now that's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always considered myself somebody who, uh, of service. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy smokes, this thing is, this is huge. You have a patent on this? And he started talking about how India flew over to see him, Japan, China, all these countries. And I'm going like, wow. It's like, okay, I've now just been revealed what you know the next level of what my life purpose, what I'm supposed to and do. That, and that, I think for. that's such an important part of the whole manifestation process is you, you set an intention and then you let the world lead you to inspired Action. A good friend of mine, someone who has recently become a friend, is Rhonda Byrne. Have you seen the movie The Secret? No, I haven't. Uh, it's a very powerful movie, and, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, I just lent a co- my copy to a friend of ours. Uh, the Secret is a very powerful film. Rhonda has been on our program. She's from Australia. The movie is extremely touching and poignant and shows anyone what The Secret is. And The Secret is basically about manifesting and the power of attracting into your life what you want. That is going to be the movie that we kick off at Unity Church, our um, season, uh, we, we call it our Adventures in Faith, and we're going to be showing that at Unity, so anyone here in our listening audience can come by Unity when we show that uh, in a few weeks, and I'll let you know the dates of that, uh, to watch this film. It's powerful, and Rhonda created this film really after the death of her father, and um kind of started reading about this esoteric material and how to draw into your life whatever it is that you want. And one of the keys is just to focus on your intention and then these opportunities present themselves. Like, you know, you you came over here what you thought was to do some money investing in real estate and now it's turned into this incredibly larger mission of making sustainable materials from trash. It, it's global. I mean, I... Yeah, I saw the movie An Inconvenient Truth mm-hmm. with Al Gore, and it's just like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's – we manifest things in our thoughts, mm-hmm. in our sleep. I mm-hmm. mean, everything. And the universe gives it to us. And I, one of the things for myself in my own development of that is like, okay, i got to be specific. Mm-hmm. Because the universe gives us everything we ask for, but it doesn't fit that picture that we have. 
because for me, I say, I say, oh, I wasn't specific enough. I didn't, you know, give him a clearer picture. Right. But it is. It's it's what I asked for. It's what I manifested. It's so what I do, created. So is the key to be specific? Get clear. I think it's, isn't it to get clear on what you want? Yep. But whatever. But the process, the path to that, you don't need to be in charge of because the universe is in charge of that. The universe, is, it, it's like surrender. I had a big problem with surrendering because to me it was death. Yeah. And it's like no, manifest it, ask for it, and then let it go. Let it go. Those are the three steps. It, and, and, and it it will come to you. And then you've got to be awake. You've got to be present to. And then actually also open to receiving it. Mm-hmm. And, and and then isn't there the the next step after when you're open to receive it is be grateful for what it is you have. Yes. Which may actually begin the first part of the whole process. The cycle. If you come at it from an uh, approach of gratitude, then everything just flows naturally. You know, you say that it flows naturally. It's like, yeah, it does. And I am constantly observing myself in life. Like, okay, where am I interfering? Mm-hmm. Where am I getting in the way? Mm-hmm. The, you know, like, just get myself out of the way. Mm-hmm. The universe will do its job and give me everything that I ask for and everything that I want. Mm-hmm. I just got to get clear on what I want and get out of the way. Rhonda was, and I were talking about that yesterday. Her film has been so successful. You can see it on the web at thesecret.tv. That's thesecret.tv, and you can just watch it online. And it's just an amazing film. And the technology that, that made that possible is is fascinating, and if you go back to the uh, archives for this radio program at conversationswithfriends.com and click back a few months, I think in June was when Rhonda was on our program, and you can listen to that. But what Rhonda was saying to me yesterday is that this has just become phenomenal. They're they're doing a book which uh, the publisher thinks is going to be a New York Times bestseller in November, and all she is is a video producer, and all the marketing she has totally left to the universe. She was here in Maui visiting a, a friend of mine and, and another two very well-known, respected marketers, and they all had dinner, and then they were the marketers were excited about the you know prospects for all these things. And she was like, I don't know. The universe is my marketer. And the word of mouth and just all these people who are good at marketing have been drawn in, and she didn't have to do anything because she just created her project, and the universe made it possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, believe it or not, I'm learning this. Life is that simple. It is. But it sounds kind of weird. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to find out a little bit more about the process that you use to draw in and to manifest further. We're talking to William Wong. I'm James Jacobson. We'll be right back. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson. We are talking in this first half hour about manifesting, how to do it, what you can do, and how simple and natural the process is. In our second part of our program, we are going to be speaking about Ho'oponopono, which is closely related. William, when you were homeless, so September 11, 2001, unrelated to the events that happened in New York and and Washington and Pennsylvania, you found yourself on the streets with, with no place to live. Yeah, well, I had a friend of mine. I mean, I slept on her dining room floor. Yeah, I bet she was one of the recipients of all that sushi before. <laughs> what what, uh, what did you end up doing? What did you realize, hey, this is not the position I want to be in? What did you do then? Well, it's interesting. I first had to get, for myself, I had to get that, hey, I'm here because I created it or I manifested it. Mm-hmm. You knew that. You had that realization. It, it took a while. <laughs> but it, so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't wake up and go... I'm on the floor of of this apartment because I created this. No, it was 
everything I think all the human emotions you're like woe is me being a victim mm-hmm. and just I was I was in that place for gosh I think a, a year or two years because mm-hmm. it was it wasn't until I hit could hit rock bottom and it was like okay there was no way of accelerating and getting there it was just call it a process that I had to go through or actually now looking back it's like no me waking up and being conscious enough to say hey mm-hmm. I I manifested this. I wanted this. Now, if I can have anything and everything that I want, now what do I want? That was a, that was a, a moment of enlightenment. What did you do next? Then it's like, okay, no, I I I don't I don't want this, and it, it took a lot of work because I always one of the things that I say you could say the secret to my success. Mm-hmm. I find out what people want, and I give it to them. Wow, that's profound. But it is, isn't it? Pe- yeah, but people, people don't, don't know, know what they want. They create stuff and then and then just try to throw it out to the world. When in fact, if you just ask what the world wants, you find out that that's and and, and give the world what they want and give it to them. They but, want it. Yeah, and I take pay for it. everything that comes into my life that shows up in my space. If it's in my space, I asked for it. I manifested it. Mm-hmm. It's mine. Mm-hmm. It, as opposed to saying, no, 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 they don't fit my picture, or I don't like them, or it's like, no, they're here mm-hmm. because I manifested it, because I created it. It's what I want. It may not fit my picture. You know, like when I came first time to Maui in July, you know, I'm, I'm at Mark's house, and I said, hey, I um, walking up the stairs, says, I go a little slow. I broke my ankle, you know, in January. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, no, no, I got a healer for you. That's, you know, that's Connie's thing. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And I just said, Shut up, William. Quit. Get your mind out of the way. And says, "Okay, great. Where is she? Right. What does she do?" I actually, I didn't even care what she does. Yeah. So back in July, I went to see this woman, Constance Rose, yeah. here in Maui. All right. Her website is uh, soulspamaui dot com. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go to a soul spa. <laughs> uh, whatever. I I I went. I did three sessions in July. Yeah. After those three sessions, I was jumping up and down on my ankle. Wow. And it was like, I, I know I asked for this. Yeah. It didn't fit my picture. She, she's amazing. I actually know her, and she does Reiki and, and, and touch work. And But your mind has to be open and receptive to that in order for it to really have its effect. You have to be open to receiving. Yeah. That's the same thing with manifestation. It's like I, I listen to a lot of Doreen Virtue. Mm-hmm. With, I, I think it's in both, manifesting with angels and mm-hmm. healing with angels. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine... This and she, it's in her te- it's in her CDs. She says like you know, you manifest, you ask you know God, you ask the angels for X, and then when they give you X, you say you don't want it mm. or you push it away, <laughs> or you don't believe you're going to get it. She uses this example: you go into a restaurant, you ask for a let me have a vegetable sandwich. Right. You don't go following the waiter into the kitchen and say, Hey, are you going to give it to me? Are you going to give it to me? Are you going to give it to me? Right. No, you just sit back and receive it. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's one of the things in the past few years that I've really worked on myself is I have a hard time receiving. You have, but you, but you are receiving. So how do you, how do you cope with that? Do you actually do a receiving exercise or what kind of work do you do to ground yourself to not only put forth these intentions, but to receive them and to receive them with gratitude? The, the simplest thing, it sounds too, too simple. I'm conscious. Okay. I'm, I'm present. I am where I'm at. Living in the moment. The moment, yeah. like whatever it was, ten, ten seconds ago is gone. Mm-hmm. There's only right now, you and me here, and what I'm saying right now, mm-hmm. and what I just said a few seconds ago is gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like just developing that muscle for that. Is that is there a practice that you do? I mean, when you say I am conscious, is there something that you do either cognitively, spiritually, physically? Yeah, there's one thing that I would say. Um, that I do, and that is, I gotta make sure I take care of myself, like nurturing myself. It's like I can't be conscious if I'm, you know, worn out, I'm tired, mm-hmm. I'm stressed, or anything like that. And it's like, what do I do to rejuvenate myself, nurture myself, fuel, you know, fill my tank? All the different sayings that you can have. Mm-hmm. And it's like very simple for me. There's just a few things. One, I love movies. Mm-hmm. I go to a movie. I'm a happy camper. Mm-hmm. And then being around water and the outdoors. So my routine, I call this is my therapy. I'll go see a movie, usually in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. 
I love it when I'm the only one in the theater. Mm-hmm. Then I put on my Bose headphones and iPod, and I take a walk in the marina. Wow. One side I got the ocean, the other side I got the boats, mm-hmm. and I think I sing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> but those Bose headphones, you can't tell. You can't tell. You can't tell. <laughs> it's like that is, you know, it fuels my life. It brings me alive. It nurtures me so that I can go out and, you know, do what I do out in the world, which is what I would say. I bring life to life. And so taking time to be present to yourself, to fuel yourself in very simple things. I mean, some people find that uh, running or swimming or meditating. But for you, just going and seeing a film in the middle of the day and then, and then, and then singing to yourself with your iPod <laughs> and your headphones uh, does that. And that nurtures you. And then you can become more in tune, live in the present moment, and be open to all this uh, opportunities that come your way. Yeah, you, you said it. It's like, yeah, then I can live in the moment because most... You know, as human beings, we're never where we're at. As human beings, we're never where we're at. Explain yeah. that. Okay, how many times have you been driving down the road? Are you driving or are you talking on the phone? Are you thinking about where you're going? Mm. Or even like here, for me, earlier mm. in the you know, first part of this, it's like I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what's he going to say? How am I going to answer it? And blah, 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 blah. We're mostly in the conversation between our ears, not with the person that's in front of us. Mm-hmm. So where are we? We're not where we're at. And it's like, I don't make it wrong. It's just how human beings are. And it's like, okay, now if I can just be with this person, mm-hmm. then, hey, what happens is magic and miracles. And that's how manifestation happens. Yeah. So you're kind of new to this. Where where do yeah. you think, I mean, you've been doing this for a few years now. Where do you think you're going to be 10 years from now as a result of applying these manifestation principles to your life? 10 years from now? Um, traveling the world because um, environmental technologies would would be worldwide now because mm-hmm. it's what I, I feel the planet needs in order to still have a planet. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, inspiring you know other people, bringing back what I call the human spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm really you know I've been in the, the corporate world and. I've done a lot in in my life, and one of the things that I say right now, you know, is also I'm a pioneer. It's like we had the Industrial Revolution, which was completely appropriate. Mm -hmm. And then we had the Technological Revolution. Awesome. And in those two revolutions, something got lost. It's called the human human spirit. Mm -hmm. And I'm pioneering the next revolution called the human revolution. We're going to have all of it. There's nothing left out, and, you know, the human spirit is alive. The whole thing with environmental technology associates is, you know, can you imagine, like right now, everybody's, they're still focused on New Orleans. With the technology that environmental technology associates has, we can go there, take all that garbage, all that stuff, unsorted, run it through our process, and have build materials, build their new home, Mm -hmm. teach them something, give them jobs. You know, have them feel proud of themselves. And that all came forth in your life just practicing this manifesting. Yeah. That's I mean, wonderful. Well, you know, so uh, I would, would would suggest, recommend people go to, you know, uh, waste-conversion.net. Cause learn more about this process. And Mark lives right here in Maui. Mark lives here in Maui. And uh, and we should have him on someday. If he, it, we'll Get him over his reticence to be on the radio. He's in the next room. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and uh, to, to get uh, people to know about these environmental things because it does it is one of the next big issue it is the big issue that we're all going to have to face the movie you mentioned in Inconvenient Truth very powerful I built a website that we have I think 12,000 people as a part of that community it's aninconvenienttruth.com with dashes between each word and we have people all over the world who are coming there and being a part of that community because it affects all of us and so it's really, you know, you, you talked about how it started off really your evolution personally from, from you know, being in the dot-com craze to being homeless on someone's floor. And then now you find yourself helping to make the world a better place through uh, investing your energy, talent, and manifesting into making the environment work. Yeah. And, you know, and it's so great. It's like, you know, I give, I receive, you know, I you could say, you know, like Maui's home for me. First time when I got here, it's like this is home. Yeah. You know, and 
yeah, I go to Mark's. It's like he goes, hey, this is you know, it's, it, you got a home here in Maui, you know, and we're buy we're in contract to buy you know some property in the Big Island. I got a home there, and yeah. we were in Mexico a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I got a home there. It was like, wow, it's like really just opening up my heart. Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly have a a big heart. Thank you for being with us and sharing how this manifesting principles have, have applied to your life and inspiring others to do it. William Wong is from uh, California, and uh, we hope to see you back on Maui. Thanks for being be with back. us. Thank you very much. I'm James Jacobson. When we return, we're going to talk about Ho'oponopono. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwick is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson. I want to let you know about a new platinum sponsor to Conversations with Friends. It's Myrna Stone's Real Estate Maui Style. It's a magazine that is uh, available anywhere. You can pick it up all over the island. And what's great about it is it has a guide of all the important people and uh, folks you want to know about as it relates to real estate, whether you're looking for mortgage brokers or real estate agents. Real Estate Maui Style is the publication for you, and you can find out more about the magazine online at www.maui-style.com. That's www.maui-style.com, or pick it up at any place around the island. Check out Real Estate Maui Style. Our next guest is Dr. Hugh Len. Are you with us, Dr.? Are you with us? Yes. Hello. How are you? Thank you for being on Conversations oh, no. with Friends. Thank you, for, thank you for inviting me. We're going to talk about Ho'oponopono, and you're sure. you're actually uh, joining us from Philadelphia today? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Thank you for being with us, but you uh, live on the Big Island. I, I, live, I live most of my last 10 years on the Big Island, and now I spend most of my time in Woodland Hills, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, because uh, I'm getting so old for... for flying here and there so it's a it's a good halfway mark yeah you are a fantastic i've 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 heard about you and i keep running into stories and then yesterday i said we have to have dr len on our program um instead of me butchering it why don't you tell our listeners what hoponopono is all about first of all i i really have to acknowledge kahuna lapa'au morna nalamaku simeona who um, received um, the who was um, acknowledged a living treasure of Hawaii in 1983, a year after I joined the Foundation of I Inc. And so her her um, Ho'oponopono is called self identity through Ho'oponopono. And there are some basic themes. Number one, a, a number one basic theme is that we are a hundred percent responsible for what we experience, and so whatever we see, whatever we feel, the source of that comes from within, and more specifically, memories replaying in our subconscious mind. And so the Ho'oponopono that Morna taught, that uh, the second theme was peace begins with me, and so. The way to achieve peace was to do this Ho'oponopono. And Morna indicated that the Ho'oponopono had three ingredients already embedded in it. The, um, the three, ing- three ingredients were repentance. I'm sorry for whatever is going on in me that I experienced this problem. And then repentance. I'm sorry. Uh, please forgive me. 
we're talking directly to the source in us that can can do this. And then finally, the, the transmutation part of the, the, the third ingredient in which the divinity, the source, the umaka in us, only, only this part of us has the ability to take a memory and to transmute it. That is to take a memory and and move it to uh, pure, what we call pure energy or pure light, and then to remove it. And once that once that energy removed, we're back to zero. We're back to clarity. We're back to freedom, which is which is our origin. This is the this is the basis of our being. Is that it, it's called clarity and freedom. You know, it's our birthright. Yes. What, what, you know, one of these things when. when someone's name keeps coming to me over and over as yours has in the last few weeks I have to pay attention uh-huh. and um, the, I think the first time it came to me is there is the story that is traveling around the internet uh-huh. about you being when you were a director of a uh, state hospital on oh, the big whoa, island whoa, whoa, whoa. The, I I, and I'm sure it got butchered because that's the way <laughs> things happen on the internet so I wanted to get it straight from sure. your mouth so what's yeah. the story so the story is that in 1983, a friend of mine who was the director of psychological services at Hawaii State Hospital was looking for somebody to work in um, its high security um, unit called CISU-1. And in this unit, which if you saw it on the outside, you would see a high fence, a uh, metal fence with barbed wires on the top. If you were to walk into the unit, you would have to get through a couple doors, and there were televisions and and all of that. So she was she was looking for somebody to to be to be a, a psychologist in the unit, and um, I don't know what happened before, but um, I heard that several people came through and left, and then finally I I, I really had said to her, um, if you give me the names of these people then I can do the process called self-identity. Of course, that was not possible because uh, of confidentiality. So uh, at some point, um, I said, okay, okay, I'll, I'll come. And so I, I ended up at Hawaii State Hospital in this particular unit called CISU-1. And if you were to see this unit for the first time like I did, you would see that all of the seclusion rooms were filled with people, every seclusion room. And, and the seclusion rooms were used to house people, patients, male patients who were who had histories of, of violent behavior. The other thing you would see in the ward would be um, people, several people, maybe if there were 30 or 40 people in the ward, maybe you would see three or four of them shackled at their wrists and ankles because, uh, they, again, they, they were violent enough that they would attack another patient or another person. And then the other thing you would you would notice after a while is that no one could leave the unit unless they had a, a authorized by a psychiatrist and um, um, were had to be shackled at the ankle. Mm-hmm. The other thing you would notice is there were no no family visits, absolutely zero. The other thing you would notice is high high absenteeism. Now, not to make the unit wrong. This was typical of um, psychiatric unit housing people. This unit housed people who killed, murdered, raped, um, battery and assault against other people and, and property. So when I when I came in in 19 around 1983 or early 84, that's that's what I found. And what did you do? Well, I did this process called self-identity. The Ho'oponopono. I said to the divinity in me. Please forgive me for whatever is going on in me that I perceive the world as it is. So you I perceive t- this unit as it is. I would like to to make amends. So, so you were, you were you were basically saying, "Hey, there's something in me. I'm yes. the, I'm the psychologist here. Yes. I'm the person, but there's something in me yes. that is causing these yes. people. I'm, I'm I'm something is going on in me that I'm experiencing the world of the unit this way." Okay, so you went to, as you call it, divinity within yourself. Yeah, I called and divinity, and I said to divinity, and there are certain processes that one uses because all the process in the process is embedded. I'm sorry, please forgive me, transmutation. So I, I did the process before I showed up at work. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I had the names of the folks uh, I, I, I knew that where the building was located, so I had the address. So I worked not only on the patients, but later on I found out that that ward was once a, a ward, a tuberculin ward. And so you had strange things like toilets flushing without anybody on, on them, showers going on without anybody in the shower. So all of these things were, the, were going on. I just simply worked on what was going on in me, and I did this for three straight years. I didn't take anybody into counseling. Um, there were, for example, no, at least when I when I walked into a unit, um, basically the, the patients were being cared for. That is, the social worker would be the one looking for a placement, looking for legal, um, and, and that sort of stuff. But but um, by just working on whatever was going on in me, um, by the time I left in 87, um, not 86, but 80, July of 87, mm-hmm. there were no people, there were, the seclusion rooms were old, and but nobody, nobody got, that, that practice went out, and, uh, but we didn't intend for that to happen. We didn't say we have a, as a goal to not have anybody. So nobody, nobody in seclusion rooms. What, hap- in, I'm sorry? What, what happened to these individuals? They 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 all got better, as defined by well, psychiatric I, terms. I I only can tell you that instead of having all, I think there were I don't know how many seclusion. Instead of having people in the seclusion room, the seclusion rooms were a thing of the past, and nobody was placed in there. And usually, the- when I showed up, and I I really want to be very careful how I say this because mm-hmm. there were good people there. I I do not want to. To imply the people who worked, at least in this unit, were wonderful people. They they were caring people, um, but they were trained like I was trained at mm-hmm. the University of Iowa, where I got a PhD. Mm-hmm. Is that we're trained to help people, and uh, and for from my own 40 years of experience, it doesn't work. It's only about you. And so as I began to work on myself, seclusion rooms shut down. Um, the use of restraint shut down. Um, we were we were we had a recreation program outdoors where we had eight nine ten of them out there playing tennis jogging things like that never happened we began at at the end of my stay when I left the the patients were actually doing their own rehabilitation they were making their own phone call phone calls to, to their attorneys to searching for homes or places to stay um, I only um, worked on myself. So and all you were focused. I don't know how the divinity did all of this, but by, by the time I left, this is that was the consequence of my working on myself. And you apply this to all types of professionals, I, whether they're psychologists or oh, psychiatrists yeah, or massage therapists. Well, not only you can be even more. You can come down to the common denominator, and that is the individual person, yeah? mm-hmm. whether they're a parent. Whether they're whoever, the, they're, see, the, there's enough, quote, scientific information or evidence to show that we don't see it like I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to a person in which I have a reaction to. So I don't get to see you as, as God created you. So I have to be doing cleaning before you. I, the telephone call came in while I'm talking to you. Because I want to experience the fact that you and I are are children of God and not memory-based folks um, looking for ways to do each other in. And the simplest thing that you do in Ho'oponopono is you say, I am sorry and I love you. Now, uh, the simplest thing, so so let's say I use the process called I love you or thank you. So basically when I say I love you, already in that I love you are the three ingredients. And the three ingredients are, I'm sorry, please forgive me, transmutation. So, you know, there are great sages who come that say, love your enemies. And our only enemies are, are the memories within us that perceive the world as sick. And so as I say, I love you, and I'm talking to my memories now, please forgive me. So I'm saying, all right, I love you. So before I go to... Before I, I used to go to the hospital, or like when I get on an airplane, I do a lot of traveling. I'm always talking to the memories in me. 
so that they can be freed up, and when they're freed up, I'm free. I can free the float and to be in rhythm and be invisible so I don't get in my way or anybody's way. And this applies to not only people but inanimate objects oh, as well. Oh, especially to inanimate objects. One of the one of the big problems we had at Hawaii State Hospital is, quote, supposedly the toilets flushing, or the... Um, the showers coming on, you know, I mean, what's going on? Well, we had to deal with things like earthbound spirits, people who had died in the building who were still hanging around. So this process allows the cleansing of earthbound spirits, people who might have, who, who did die, whose souls got left, because this is what happens at intersections. The reason why you have repeated accident at intersections, when that occurs, there's a memory left in the land and if the if somebody died, then then that person is stuck and wandering around town. So the cleaning is before I get on the highway in Los Angeles called 101, 4 or 5, I'm always cleaning because I want to make sure I come in peace and so the highway will be in peace. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very prayerful, conscious uh, process that you go through yeah, whenever you get in your that car. At the beginning when I teach this, but there's a part of us, the subconscious, called a child who really feels unloved, uncared for. Uh, and the mother's the mother aspect of the conscious mind just sort of thinks and knows, you know, but we don't know, we don't know. And so when we get angry at people, it's not that we are we we want to, it's that we can't help it. So you have great sages who say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, you know. And for me, I'm always cleaning because I'm never sure what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm always stumbling. I was just I usually walk uh, in the morning uh, here in Philadelphia, and I and I ran into a situation in which I was very annoyed and irritable. And I had to remind myself, "Hello, it's not the person; it's the memory." So as I began to work on it, the fire on it left. Yeah. Do children who you know, young children, do they need to do this kind of work? I'm or is sorry. It, do young children need to do this kind of work if they're I, coming I think in? Before clean? anybody else can do it, you have to be able to do it yourself. So, for example. Um, at some point, I don't know, a year or two years in the process, um, I would have, uh, in fact, one of, a very famous uh, person, a patient at Hawaii State Hospital, um, I, and it's confidential, so I can't give you his name, at some point said to me, Dr. Yulen, and my, my last name is Yulen. So I said, Dr. Yulen, I, I, I would like, I don't know what it is you're doing, but every time you come on board, the place seems to go very quiet. And I said to him, well, I, if you want to, um, I, I will show you how to do this. And so, and that happened to, to several staff. But but the peace begins with me, so I'm not here to to teach anybody Ho'oponopono. If I, if, I, if I become peaceful, then, then whether they need to learn it or not evolves it evolves correctly as opposed to an intrusion on their life that they need it. You know? They get it naturally. We're going to have to take a break, but I'd sure. like you to stick around with us sure. because I want to sure. learn more about this, and I know sure. that you're coming to Maui in a, in a short while, and we'll talk yeah, about that. I forget what date, but yes, I'm coming to Maui. So this is Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson. We'll be right back. Conversations with Friends with Murray Olmwijk is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson sitting in for Mary Omwig. Dr. Hugh Len, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, perfect. 
is is with us. He's joining us from Philadelphia. Uh, we are talking about Ho'oponopono and what you have done. And this is obviously you attribute this to having learned this from your kahunas. Well, you know, there, there are people who come into your lives that that sort of you you get to see. My God, this is another way of being. Yeah. Yeah. And so Morna showed up in my life. Yes. It was it was powerful. I, I read somewhere that you had this little bet with yourself about a hot fudge sundae. Yeah, you, never won that. Tell me, tell everyone about that. Well, this idea. I was visiting Washington, uh, the state of Washington. This was years and years ago, and uh, I don't know how it all came about, but uh, I had made the statement that if I ever got through one day, twenty-four hours, without being displaced by memory, annoyance, irritation, uh, judgment, uh, I, I would buy myself the biggest hot chocolate fudge in the world because I love hot chocolate. It's a cleaning process to the, the vanilla and the chocolate. I, I love that. Now, that, now we're, I, okay, I'm smiling about that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you've never you've never been able to... I, and I, I doubt whether it'll all happen because as long as I carry... As I'm looking out into Philadelphia, it's cloudy now. Yeah. So that's basically the state of our mind. It's cumulus, clouds, mm-hmm. piled with memories, piled. And so my my whole life is committed to reducing the memories. And uh, that that's a 24-hour moment-by-moment job. Yeah. Well, you have a fascinating perspective because um, obviously here on Maui we have a lot of uh, body workers and spiritual yeah. workers and people yeah. who are drawn to helping others. Yeah. What's what's your advice to them? Well, it's interesting. I just came back. I just did a, cl- a class in uh, in Chicago this past weekend. So there were a couple of chiropractors who showed up, and I had in 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 the morning session, Sunday morning, so I had made the comment that you know, and and half jokingly. I said, if I were going to see a chiropractor or massage therapist, I would make sure that they were not in the business six years or more, because after six years, they're gone. They're absolutely gone. So what you may have massaging you or carrying you, it may be the body, but the soul's gone. And so during the break, um, a woman came up who was a, oh, by the way, she was very beautiful. But she came up and she said to me, boy, are you right? After being in the business six or seven years, I was gone. And so what happens is that we don't realize that if if we're going to work on somebody, we don't realize that we're actually taking on all of the family, relatives, and ancestors. And if we don't do it correctly, that is, if we don't come clean, then, then we're going to get blasted, and it's called burnout. Yeah. So the idea of the way I was trained, which is the training was incredible. Uh, my children were born in Iowa, so University of Iowa, I was trained. I think I had a good training, but the training was about I, I, my, the, my profession. My profession is really working with developmentally disabled children. This is where, where my real training is. But I was trained to help other people, but it doesn't work. So you just, just do the work yourself. You're, you're only clearing your own stuff so that you can see clearly. And, and once you get clear, you're seeing you're seeing with the eyes of God, not with the eyes of memory. So uh, let's let's use an example. You said before you uh, got on the phone to to do this interview with us here in Maui, you did some of that work. What's yeah. the process? Uh, the, the, well, I, I think it's individualized. When you uh, when one attends one of our classes, there are like 80, 90 different processes. And the process is I love you, thank you, dew drops, light switch. So now I know the call's coming in. Omaka Okala has made some arrangement. My friend Hokopana, who I, who owned, who has a beautiful place here in Philadelphia. So I'm, 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 I knew I was going to do this, so I began the process of making amends with uh, whatever was going on in me that I had ties with you and the people of Maui, whoever's going to listen to this, buildings, places, Mother Earth. We, we, we don't give a hoot for Mother Earth. We're always thinking about something else. But Mother Earth, if Mother Earth suffers, we all suffer. Mm. So I, I'm saying, for example, light switch. 
light switch, light switch. So when I say light switch, the divinity knows I'm saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And so whatever is going on in me, I, uh, hopefully the divinity says, okay, that can be cleared. No, that can't. We're going to have to wait on that. Mm-hmm. So it's about leaving now, letting go, and letting God. And mm-hmm. I and our great motto of our country is, of course, um, do you know what the, our motto is? What is what is our motto? In God we trust. Right. Um, See that on, on, on all that. of our currency. Yeah, yeah, but we we don't we we're too interested in the intellect as opposed to talking to the source, which knows everything. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. I was doing this cleansing process to make sure that I I would come clean. Yeah, and which is hard to do. Yeah. When you say it's hard to do, but it's it's your work. It's what you've yeah. chosen to do and shown other people. Yeah. You've been doing this for a long time. For 24 years. Have you? Do you find that your students kind of find it difficult in the beginning, but then a certain ease comes on? Or do they all have that same, we'll call it the ice cream sundae conundrum? Where well, I think if I'm unclear, they're going to be unclear, yeah. So the responsibility is essentially falls in my lap. As long as I'm working on clearing whatever doo-doo, whatever problems, whatever, as long as I am. So the clearer I can get, they get clear. If I'm not clear, they, they don't get clear. It's a it's a disservice to people to not be clear, to not now, be 100% responsible. We, we touched on this earlier in terms of inanimate objects. Yes. When you go into a room to do a teaching, you yes. focus on the seats and the chairs and everything that's what, in the room? What I do before I go into the room, if I have the address of the hotel, like, for example, in Chicago, it was I think it was on Higgins. The hotel's name was uh, Springfield, mm-hmm. Spring Hills Hotel. And so weeks in advance already know so I'm already doing my cleaning I'm talking to the land the building the staff I'm just saying to them I'm coming and if I've offended any of you I'm sorry so I do the process life switch whatever so I'm I'm hoping to reduce the problems I have in me not in them because if it comes off of me it'll come off of them and so now I'm I'm at the hotel I'm cleaning, I'm watching, I got out, got off the airplane, got into the airport cleaning with that. And finally I come at some point, because I have to get in the room, I, I talk to the room. I said, I'm, I'm coming if I have offended you in any way. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then I talk to everything, the wall, the audio system, the air conditioning. Yeah. That's they're, they're all real beings. They, they, what happened, I tell you one of the things that happened, um, the first day we had to, after Saturday, we had to move. The room was thrashed. The the, people, the students left the room. I mean, and so the next day, Sunday, I said to them, you folks, you're talking about healing other people. You can't even heal the room. <laughs> you should go back there and see the trash you left. Uh, that's one little room. Can you imagine what you do to Mother Earth? We do that all over. Dr. Oh, yeah. Hugh Len, and we, and Dr. We Dr. Len, thank you. We're, we're running out of time, okay. but I want to thank you for being on our program so much. We will let everyone know about how to get in touch with you. Uh, oh, not with me, with the foundation. Uh, okay. Thank yeah, you so much yeah. for being with us. I'm James Jacobson. We will be back next Tuesday. Have a great week. Aloha.